Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to Rose Bowl history as we look right down the tunnel of history at some great Rose Bowl games. We're trying to cover as many as we can. So far, we're hitting them all. And now we're into the 1950s, the late 1950s, and uh, some great Rose Bowls we're going to cover in this episode. We're going to cover a few of them here just to connect the dots to get us uh, through to the next episode. And and uh, some great players and some great games that uh, transpired here. We start off in the 1957 Rose Bowl. It was the 43rd episode of the Granddaddy of them all, and it featured a matchup of the third-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes of the Big Ten Conference versus the number 10 Oregon State Beavers of the Pacific Coast Conference, played on January 1st, 1957. Coach Tommy Prothro brought the Beavers into the game with a 7-2-1 record, and the Hawkeyes field boss was Forrest Avashevsky uh, manning a side. Two teams have met earlier in the season in Iowa, with the home team squeaking out the 14-13 victory, and the neutral site was calculated to make that game just that much more even. Well, the game looked good on paper. When it got to game time, it really wasn't as good as what uh, most people thought, because Iowa came right out of the gate, scored 14 points in the first quarter, and took a, a pretty big lead. And by halftime, it was 21 to six. Uh, those touchdowns by Iowa. You know, Ken Plone had a 49-yard run in the first quarter, and then Collins Hagler a nine-yard run. Bob Prescott kicking the extra points for both of those, uh, and you know, Bill Happel had a five-yard run right before halftime. And, uh, you know, Tom Berry had a three-yard run for Oregon State there in the second quarter to get their six points, and they had their kick blocked. Uh, second half wasn't much better. Uh, they, they each traded off a couple different touchdowns, and final score of that game was 35-19 to in favor of the Iowa Hawkeyes as they captured the victory in that 1957 Rose Bowl game. And the uh, Ken Plone ended up being the most valuable player of that game, and uh, he deservedly so, as he had a tremendous game uh, playing there for Iowa. 
Now the next year was the 44th edition of the New Year's Day Classic in Pasadena, and it was a tight one. The Oregon Webfoots returned to the big game with head coach Len Casanova at the helm to face the Buckeyes of Ohio State, led by coach Woody Hayes. Ohio State started the game with a 79-yard scoring drive to take an early lead on a one-yard run by quarterback Frank Kremblas. In the second stanza, Oregon replied with a five-yard touchdown run from Jim Shanley after an 80-yard, 10-play drive. Ohio State's Don Southern booted a 34-yard field goal in the fourth to put the Buckeyes ahead for good. And ironically, it was the same spot that the Webfoot kicker, Jack Morris, had missed a quarter earlier on a field goal attempt. It was OSU 10-7 in the victory in the run for the Roses. For only the second time in the game's history, it was a player on the losing side who took home the honor of an Oregon quarterback, Jack Crabtree, was named the player of the game. The 1959 Rose Bowl. It was the second-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, coached by Forrest Evashevsky still, representing the Big Ten Conference and heavily favored over the number 16 California Golden Bears of the Pacific Coast Conference, led by Pete Elliott as their coach. One big asset of the Hawkeyes was the play of Randy Duncan. He helped Iowa take a 14-0 lead with a touchdown run in the first quarter and a touchdown pass to Jeff Langston in the second quarter. The Hawkeye backfield carry Iowa the rest of the way as Willie Fleming ran for two touchdowns, Bob Jeter and the Rose Bowl most valuable player in that game, and the scoreboard read 38-12 Iowa at game's end. In the 1960 Rose Bowl, it was another one-sided affair at the 46th Rose Bowl when the Washington Huskies of coach Jim Owens blew the doors off the Wisconsin Badgers and coach Milt, Milt Broom. 44-8 was the final score. Husky George Fleming had a whale of a day scoring on a punt return, kicking a field goal, and five extra points. Fleming, along with the Washington quarterback Bob Schlorette, was named the co-players of the game, and Schlorette throwing a scoring pass to Lee Falcons and another score. The 1961 Rose Bowl came about the following year, and head coach Murray Warmath took his Minnesota Golden Gophers to Pasadena for the New Year's resolution to win the Rose Bowl game against the Washington Huskies of coach Jim Owens. The first half of the match had Minnesota leading in every statistical category, but they were down on the scoreboard by 17 points. The Gophers made it interesting by scoring in the third, but Washington was too much, winning 17-7. Washington quarterback Bob Schlerett was named the player of the game for the second consecutive year, the first to repeat in this function, and again he scored a touchdown with both his legs and his arm in this game, just like he did the previous year. Now, check out our halftime story for this game, because it's in a separate post and podcast, and I think you'll find it extremely interesting as one of the great uh, all-time pranks that uh, happened in this 1961 Rose Bowl. So make sure you check that out right after this. It can be released today, just like uh, this one is. So, till tomorrow, everybody, have a great Gridiron Day. We're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker. It's fourth and long. We're going to have to punt the ball and get on out of here, but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines, so be sure to tune in. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast.
PigskinDispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.